Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Everyone, it's another week of Cinematics, a new week of Cinematics, which is, it's, I believe it's episode 230. I am very excited for this week because, listeners, you are in for a treat. We have at least, I'm thinking, two Cinematic Gems to share with you guys this week. Eric and Bruce, am I correct on this assumption that there are two ba- at least two bangers this week? Eric Holmes, what say you? Uh, hold on, let me count. One, two, three, <laughs> four. Uh, we, we might have five. We might Oops. have five. This is a scary thing, Eric. I'm, I'm seeing Eric's computer. He's looking at a, a dark screen. Dun, dun, dun. So, anyways, what Eric was saying, five. We may have five. Bruce, do you agree with Eric on the five? Oh, Br- Bruce, don't move. A little two two millimeters to your left. Okay, that that is a that is a reference to one of the movies we're covering. Bruce, are there more than two two bangers, or maybe two bangers this this week? What do you think? You know, I don't know. I haven't really considered how many bangers there are this week. I'll see if they bang me <laughs> while we're doing the episode. <laughs> very very good. Speaking of bangers, at the end of this month for our Cinematics Patreon, thank you Patreon members for supporting Cinematics. We have Eric's pick, which is the what is your pick for this month, Eric? Oh shoot, I forgot. I apologize for always putting people on. <laughs> I know it. I know it. This is like the well, hold on. Show fixed. I, quiz show fixed answers. The untold story. Am I correct? Yes. On that? Untold story. And then I think we got the second one. Do we not? Yes. Bound by honor. The other, the other movie is bound by honor, which is also known as Eric and Bruce. What is bound by blood, honor? Also blood in, blood out. <laughs> blood, in, blood in, blood out. As Bruce Perky told me before we started recording, Anderson Cowan has actually invoked the movie Blood In, Blood Out over the years on the film vault. Anderson's one of my best friends. I had no idea that he was such a huge fan of Blood In, Blood Out. Eric Holmes is a huge fan of Blood In, Blood Out. What is your history? Uh, don't you have a collection? Don't you have a DVD of this, Mr. Yeah, that, so that was a movie I saw like a long, long time ago. And I was like looking for the movie on DVD. I think it was when we started uh, Movie Mainline or maybe Find Your Film. I could not find it anywhere. But apparently... Well, it's weird because I, I was looking for it for like a year, just kept going to entertainment, could never find it. And then one day I show up and they have like a whole display case with like 30 or 40 of them on it. Apparently it's on YouTube now. Greg found it there. So I, it went from being like just almost as if the movie didn't exist to now uh, apparently he can find it anywhere. So I went on eBay. Okay. Amazon, if you try to look for Blood and Blood Out on DVD, as of right now, as of this recording, I was I could not even find a copy of Blood and Blood Out on DVD. On eBay, they were selling it for about $14.99, which on Entertain Mart, I'm assuming that's where you purchased it. Eric Holmes, I'm I'm thinking you probably got it for the, around 10 bucks or 15 bucks around that. Well, it was the entertainer, so I can't remember. I think it was probably like five bucks. And it was oh. pretty cheap. Okay, it was sealed too. Was it sealed or used? Uh, it was sealed, I think. Wow. But I don't, I don't know if they reseal them once they get them used. I, I that's true. That that's and I don't true. remember. Yeah, it, it didn't have coffee stains on the on the top. So, <laughs> well, Blood in Blood Out will be one of the, our movies for our Patreon, as along with that aforementioned the untold story. Now, as far as this week, there's some really interesting stuff that 
Eric has done a bunch of interviews. He interviewed the producer of Ordinary Angels. We're going to get to a very quick mini review of that Hillary Swank movie coming up about uh, 15, 20 minutes down the road of this podcast. Eric, along with the producer of Ordinary Angels, do you remember the last couple of days? Who else you interviewed that is going to be on our cinematics podcast feed maybe later this week uh well today i interviewed the director of bring him to me luke spark and uh yesterday as of this recording i got to uh interview barry pepper i might say that that interview is not that great only because i went a little too chris farley show on him. <laughs> <Because> I'm, <laughs> no i'm a huge fan of barry pepper i was all like dude you're awesome anyway here's another movie you're awesome in and uh you know talk about acting i guess if you want had nothing to he was great had nothing to do with him i was just a little too fanboy on him well i did listen to that interview eric and i'm sorry to say bruce i, th- I told bruce before we recorded that show that Barry Pepper interview is, is is not usable. You can't use it. You you were praising him for every single second. So, folks, if if you do not want to see Eric Holmes' wonderful, just kidding, wonderful interview with Barry Pepper, no, it was you were not being too fanboyish. I actually listened to it. We're gonna upload it on our Cinematics YouTube channel. So, if you want to see Eric, most of Eric Holmes's interviews with actors and filmmakers, please subscribe, like, and subscribe to our Cinematics YouTube channel. He did a great interview with Barry Pepper and as of today Luke Spark I'm sorry Eric you're going to say something else oh no I was just, I was just going to bring when I was talking with Barry Pepper I really 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 wanted to bring up uh Battlefield Earth because I had like a story about that like when it came out I remember like everyone on it or pooping on it oh, the family okay. show it's right. sorry it's right. my friend had it on video and he's like hey you want to watch Battlefield Earth and I'm like all right but I remember people crapping on it but I didn't really follow that too much um but we watched the movie. I was like, dude, that was awesome. And then later on, then you start hearing everyone talk about how bad it was. But it, it was like one of those. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have that. Those kind of movies where like, uh, you know, you and someone else like really bond over a movie mm-hmm. only to find out that the general public hates it. I mean, but you, did. you thought Bruce has Bo is afraid, but I'm I'm talking about like. <laughs> you, but you like you like Battlefield Earth. You said what was the? Yeah, I mean it, it. It's not a good movie. I went back and rewatched it recently, and it, it's not a great movie. But you know, it's still I, like people talk about like, oh, it's the worst movie ever made. It's like, oh, I seen Cow. <laughs> okay, so you've you. It's at least a three star film for you. At least a three star film, right, Eric? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. Okay, but I I wanted to talk to him about that, but I was like, dude, it's just I, I'm going to sound like a, a you know internet YouTuber just poking the bear, so I I didn't go there. I really wanted to, but I didn't. Okay, I also checked out my interview with Barry Pepper. I'm going to put that on one of our other YouTube channels over Deepest Dream. Eric and I we did decent a decent job with Barry Pepper with the with these Barry Pepper interviews. So check them out, but we both failed in our mission to interview Barry Pepper, not because of Battlefield Earth. You know what you and I forgot to ask? Yes, Barry the Pepper. painted bird. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I love the painted bird. Eric, we failed twice. Yep. We should have asked a bit. Oh, yes, Barry Pepper. Bruce Perky is such a fanboy of the painted bird. What, right, Bruce? Hello? Yeah, oh, I, I was thinking you were going to say crawl, but that was just me. I don't know. <laughs> I love crawl too. Great job, Eric, on the painted bird. You and I failed. Eric Holmes, we failed our listeners because we needed to ask, why isn't there a bleeping sequel to Trigger Point? Which, which uh, I think we remember. Oh. Yeah, that's a movie. I, I think if yeah. you look, at, yeah, you forgot that movie. But if you look, look that movie up, that's a movie that that I thought Barry Pepper was really good in. And final thing about Battlefield Earth before before we move on, Bruce, I'm assuming you love Battlefield Earth as much as Eric, or you like it as much as Eric. Am I? Are you going to support Eric on that liking Battlefield Earth? 
I mean, it has its it's fun in its own way. So it's one of those movies where it's bad, but it's fun. Okay. Before I move on, the, in my I started doing interviews and reviews in 1991 at UCLA. I've told this grandpa story 500 times on this podcast, and now it's the year 2024. 33 years of doing this. There are two movies which made me really rue, made me sad that I was a quasi film critic or interviewer. And it made me really question my station in life, why I'm yeah, why I'm here, and please get me out of here. First one was Ed starring Matt LeBlanc. Listeners, never watch this movie. This is not a zero. There is like this is a negative integer, negative five hundred stars for me for Ed. It is a miserable film. Do not watch this film. The second one was I was in my stomping grounds of Westwood, I'm a UCLA graduate. Love that. Love Westwood. And I got to see Battlefield Earth at a, at a screening, and that. Watching that, that every single minute passed by, I felt I got more and more depressed. And these are the two movies that I think are, Eric said, worst films. I'm one of those lemmings who believes that was one of my worst movie-going experiences. In, in defense of Eric, I I think I'd be open to actually re-watching Battlefield Earth, wondering maybe whenever it was released, maybe some 20 years ago or 20-plus years ago, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong on Battlefield Earth, and maybe I might be... Go on Eric's camp and give it three stars. So, well, it, it, you would be wrong about being the worst movie ever made, but like, it, it, again, it's not a great movie, but it's just, yeah, it's just one of those silly movies. It's like, and who knows, maybe during the recommends, I might be talking about one of those. <laughs> yes. And after, <laughs> after we were done with this, with recording, um, we're going to also talk to a little bit of a spoilerific five minute spoilers regarding the end of Bring Him to Me, because Eric and I both interviewed the director Luke Spark. Eric, you didn't ask spoilers. Did you ask spoilers for Bring Him to Me? No, I did not. Good, good, because I actually asked about the ending of Bring Him to Me. For our Patreon listeners, you, you'll get early access to me and Eric talking about the end of this Barry Pepper movie. No, we won't. We'll not talk an hour about Battlefield Earth. I, I refuse to do it. Yes, Eric. I'm sorry. I did. Uh, I did bring up because uh, Luke Spark is the director. He's also the editor and the production designer. So I did right. get some uh, production design talk in there, which normally you don't get with the director. But yes. <laughs> I, I get that with him. Very good. And, and when you get to bring him to me, it, it's in theaters and on demand February 23rd. Eric and I will do a spoilerific discussion on bring him to me. And that's going to be available for our Patreon members, as well as the director himself talking about the end of bring him to me. Now, that is it for our intro. Let's get to our features. Bruce, what do you want to talk about first? And I hope you're, you're going to want to talk about a long traveling type of movie as the first movie you know, down down the gullet. What do you think? Mm, no, I think we should work up to that. Uh, let's. Oh, okay, good. Red right hand. Wait, that was going to be the the big the big awesome movie of the of the week. <laughs> okay, Red Right Hand. It's directed by Ian and Esham Nelms Nelms the Nelms brothers. They are amazing. I love these guys. They directed Fat Man, Small Town Crime. I believe Eric enjoyed Fat Man as well. I know Bruce, you didn't. Orlando Bloom, he plays this guy in, was it around Kentucky, around wherever they call the, the hollows, right? The hollers, the hollers, right? The hollers. And it's in one of these hollers and it's a sort of Appalachian country. And and he's, you see him sort of trying to do pull-ups. He's really buff. It starts off with him in a cabin driving to the the nearby farm area of his brother-in-law, played by Scott Hayes, and his niece. His niece is like around 12 or 13-ish. And everything seems like a nice family outing. They seem fine. 
There's a couple of things though. The father, his brother-in-law is a bit, bit of an alcoholic because the brother-in-law is very, very sad over the death of his wife from an overdose. So they're, they're suffering a family tragedy. It starts off the first several minutes thinking, you're thinking it might be sort of a, a family tragedy, family drama kind of thing set in this small area in Kentucky, but it eventually evolves into something else because there is a woman named Big Cat played by Andy McDowell. She is a crime boss, crime lord of the local area, and she's owns pretty much the drug business, the corruption business all over town. Everyone is pretty much under her thumb. Doesn't matter where you are, you are usually going to be under the thumb of Big Cat. And Big Cat has her own motivations for wanting Orlando Bloom's character back into her good graces. And she is holding his family, not literally hostage. She is she has her men bullying her family Orlando Bloom's family. And unless Orlando Bloom comes back to work for her, then the family is going to be harmed. That is a premise of right, Red Right Hand. It looks like a revenge crime thriller. It is has those moments. I believe it's a little bit deeper than that. It has some really cool moments in the movie. Again, the uh, Orlando Bloom character, his name is Cash. Cat. So basically the movie is Cash versus Big Cat and her really bad men. Again, directed by Brothers Esham and Ian Nelms. So first off, Bruce, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Uh, you got it a little wrong, though, because it's uh, Big Cat versus Swole Legolas is what I was thinking when I was watching this. Um, <laughs> so, right, so yeah, good. right out of the beginning, it's like uh, I, I feel like his contract was like, OK, I'll be in this movie as a tough dude. But the f- opening shot has to be me just 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 ripped and showing off my my naked torso so yeah that happened anyway this is one of those movies (laughs) that we've talked about a few times oh another example so if you're living in this this is a tough area you know it's a tough area of the the country you know how tough your area of the country is when garrett dillahunt is your priest you know he's your preacher you know that's gonna tell you that something's not right in this town anyway and you're like what garrett dillahunt is a preacher i mean he's got to go badass at some point yeah he will don't worry he will um (laughs) Is that a spoiler? I don't think so. That's not. That's not. That's, that's anyway. not a spoiler. You're you're okay. You're I mean, safe on the whole that time. One. You're watching. You were like, well, how is it even buying this guy as a preacher? But whatever, <laughs> we'll have that happen. This is and <laughs> this is a movie that basically, uh, like we've talked about this before. One of those movies that like you know what you're getting, and is it going to give you a good version of that? I think this gives you a pretty good version of that. the The violence is pretty explicit in a lot of points where it's more gritty and violent than it had to be a lot of times they kind of tone it back a little bit there's a point where (laughs) i'm not gonna say who but there's a person that the the bad guys have captive and they basically have a nice dinner and then like roll him out to torture him in front of all the the bad guys and i'm like okay and it kind of went there Uh, i don't think annie mcdowell is quite up for the role they want her to play i don't think she really quite pulls it off but it's good enough you know, okay. I mean, considering her, the knock on her has always been that she is very emotionless and kind of a wooden actor. You know, she hams it up as much as ham as she can give it, I think. So that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, everything was telegraphed. I didn't really care because it played it out and it played it out in a lean, mean fashion. Not really lean. I'll say a mean fashion. It wasn't as lean as it probably could have been. It was almost two hours long. So Were that's you okay? Knock. Were you okay, Bruce, all the kidding aside with the whole pull-ups in the beginning? Were you okay with Bloom as the lead, as Cash? Were you okay with that? Yeah, this was kind of like, I had shades of 
when Kurt Russell first started doing tough guy roles and I was old enough to remember he never did. He was like goody two shoes, Disney boy. Yeah. So when he first did, you know, tough guy roles, I was like, I don't know if he can pull this off, which is ridiculous to think now. Right. I think, um, I think Orlando could have a little second life here as a tough guy. He pulled it off. Okay. This was my biggest surprise of the week that you're actually giving this some kind words, Bruce. So I mean, this is, I mean, look, better than Fat Man for you? Oh, way better than Fat Man. I, the thing with Fat Man to me is the tone was just far off the mark. It just didn't work for me as far as tone goes. But directing wise, I had no problem with that movie. This movie has the good direction, and it, but it just does. You know, this is a story, basic. We're gonna do it, and they did it. I re- I really enjoyed this movie. Eric, the bi- I guess even a bigger surprise if you actually enjoyed Red Right Hand, Bruce, more than Eric Holmes. Now, what say you, Eric, on this movie? Oh, did you see this? Wait, my bad. Wait, Eric, you're on You're on mute. This is one I did not check out this week. Oh, you didn't see oh, it? Oh, yeah. I, yes, I, want, I, I wanted to, but I, I got to, uh, I got I got to all the rest of them, but I did not get to that one. I, I think it was uh, one of the movies came in last minute, so I, I opted for that instead. Oh yeah, no. This is this is actually a movie you should you would actually enjoy because it's from the guys who did Small Town Crime and Fat Man. So the Nels yeah. brothers, really good. Garrett Dill Hunt's good in this movie too. I I ended up I like it. I like the whole location area, Bruce. I thought they did a good job. And for what it's worth, I'm a huge. We're talking about fanboys, right? I'm a, I'm a fanboy of the Nels brothers. So really look always looking forward to what they're going to do. This is in theaters and VOD Friday, February twenty third. I like Bloom's performance. I thought it went a little, it went far, really, like Bruce said, it went pretty far when it came to the violence. And I was fine with that. And that scene about rolling that person out after dinner, that's wow. I can't believe, I can't believe that. So anyways, four stars for me for Red Right Hand. What about you, Bruce? Uh, three and a half, which is pretty high for me for this movie, I think. Yeah. I just, and- I, I just realized something. What? Who was the one person that watched all the movies this week? Yeah, I did. Hooray. Yeah, I was I was the one who did it. I was the one who watched all of the movies this week. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's one of these weird weeks. Eric, if that screening link is still available for you, I would suggest you just for pure enjoyment. I think I don't know, Bruce, if you co-sign on this, I think it won't be a waste of time for Eric to watch. I don't think so. Red I Red think Red. this seems to me like a total no-brainer for Eric. I think he would just Sweet. go right into this one. Okay. Cool. So next up, Eric, what do you want as far as the next movie for us to review? Your choice. Oh. I don't want it let, to be the let, dealer's choice every week. So let, I want let, let's just bring it to me, man. Just bring it to me. Are you sure? Are you sure you want? <laughs> Bruce, I want you to how about you you be the, the captain of the ship this week when it comes to next movies? You're, Are you're we, we can do a uh, stop motion. Okay. Stop motion. I like okay, stop motion. Yeah. Bruce is a little bit, oh, I want to Bruce is thinking, I wanted stop motion to be the last film to be. Save the best for last. Bruce, do you want to actually start with the intro for stop motion? Do you want me to do the intro? Yeah, I'm asking ahead. all go these. Oh, you want me to go for it? Okay, yeah. so stop motion. Such a morbid imagination. Bringing dead things to life. <laughs> She emerges from her cave. Ella. When do you think you'll finish this film of yours? I don't know.
What's all that stuff? It's called stop motion animation. What do you think? It's a bit boring. It's not finished. It's not boring. Make a new one. A new one? Yeah. A new better story. You want to hear it? There's a girl. She's scared. There's someone coming. Who's coming? The man no one wants to meet. The Ashman. You could bring it to life. What does the Ashman do? Don't be scared. Whatever it is you think you saw back then, it's not real. <laughs> I don't want to make this film anymore. Do you want to hear the next bit of the story? <gasps> I want to go home. I want to go. What happens when it takes on a life of its own? It's a movie about the art and the passion of the stop motion process. And if you think I'm lying, I'm not. It's stop motion. The actual title is one word for this movie, stop motion. So if you really want a movie about how far will you go, as, as the theme is, how far will you go for your art, for your creative process, creating characters, storytelling? I think it's inspiring to watch. But here's the catch. Stop motion isn't a how to become more creative and more immersed in your work. That's not it. It's also a bleeping horror movie that's 95 minutes. It's rated R and it is, I don't know where to even begin on, uh, begin on this. It's just, yeah, Ashling, Ashling Franchosi from The Nightingale and the movie that Bruce reviewed last week, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, I believe. She plays this woman, Ella Blake, and she's a stop motion animator. The problem is she she believes she doesn't have her own voice. She she grew up in the shadow of her mother, who's a legendary stop motion animator. Okay. So she's actually in at the beginning of the movie, she's sort of working for her mother, doing her mother's bidding because her mother is frail. She can't use her her hands very well. So she uses her daughter again. Ella to actually do all the stop motion stuff. When the mother gets ill and is sent to the hospital, El this is a chance for Ella. Obviously, she's mourning her mother in the, the hospital, but it gives her a chance to create her own stop motion piece. So she gets it, sort of a maybe a studio apartment in nearby her domicile, and then she starts crafting her own story. Will she find her own voice? Now, here's a here's a catch. There's a little girl in this apartment complex played by Caroline or Caroline Sprinkle. She's only known as Little Girl. And this little girl provides Ella with a little bit. I don't even know if it's friendship. She, The little girl starts wondering what Ella's doing with the stop motion stuff. And then the little girl insinuates herself into Ella's life. And Ella brings her in. Ella's creating the rest of the movie. Has Ella trying to create the stop motion thing. The little girl interferes a little bit. And then the work... Be and reality sort of commingle. 
as well as maybe mental health. A lot of things happen in this movie that are it's very graphic, very also cerebral, very insightful. It's a total mind F for me. This was a total mind F experience. And yeah, it leaves you, it left me pretty, pretty shocked at the ending, the end of the movie. And here's the thing, you get two movies for the price of one. You get the story of the stop motion animator, okay? And then you also get the story of the actual stop motion piece. So you're getting two stories for the price of one. And I really love this movie. Eric, your thoughts on stop motion? So the first 15 minutes, I was getting worried because I was like, oh no, oh no. I'm not, I'm not in the right mind frame of this because it just goes, it's like uh, kind of that indie porn thing where it like looks cool, but like nothing's happening. And then once the story gets going, if you can call it that, um, it gets really crazy and really interesting. And I'm like, okay, cool. That, that This might be a good one. Um, I do like all the stop motion stuff. Uh, the, this seems like, so I watched this and uh, she is Conan back to back. And that might not have been the, that might not have been the best thing to do. <laughs> In fact, to the point where uh, when uh, watching another movie we'll talk about later, I was like, this movie's normal. I, I don't know if my brain can handle this. <laughs> yeah, you get reprogrammed after watching those two together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, the, the the stop motion is really good. And I was almost kind of, uh, and I like the, the whole kind of comment on kind of put some art together. I guess like... Uh, was it Dogma had something kind of similar to that when uh, they go and meet, uh, what's her name? She was like a, she was a pole dancer in Dogma and, and oh, she was the. Selma Hayek's character, but she was yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, but um, she was like a. Was she? Uh, she was like a. Demon mu- or something. A, a muse. That's what I'm oh, thinking right. of. And she's like, they're like, well, if you can do anything, why don't you just do it yourself? And she's like, that's the thing. I can only, I'm only an inspiration to other people. I can't do it myself. And that's kind of what the main character is like, almost like trying to find her own voice, trying to find her own, like she's artistic, you know, uh, she has all the, all the uh, techniques down, but she doesn't have the uh, creativity, I guess, that to make the, to make the techniques mean anything to the point where the little girl comes in and uh, Ella's like doing the stop motion thing. Here, let me show you this. And she thinks it's all good. And the little girl's like, yeah, that's crap. It's boring. Start over. Um, so it it had kind of a neat kind of process, the artistic process in there. Would but it 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 does it in such like a strange way that like that might not even be part of the movie. It might just be what I'm reading into it because it's kind of one of those movies that you can kind of read stuff into it that may or may not be there. But overall, yeah, this was a good one. I was like that first 10, 15 minutes got me worried, but once it got going. I was locked in for the rest of it. Yeah, I was locked in from the get-go. What's really cool before we get to you, Bruce, is I forgot to mention, there are very predictable elements in this movie. I saw where a lot of things were going, but that did not deter my overall enjoyment and love for this movie because the director and co-writer, Robert Morgan, the way he envisioned that third act and the way he had everything come together is pretty... I don't want to say the word I want to say, I'm just going to say it's pretty memorable and it's just worth watching. Just, I, I mean, I, on the baseline, just for seeing how everything comes together at the end, in my opinion. Wow. All right, well, okay. I mean, they kind of spoil it on the poster and as much as you can spoil this movie. 
Oh, very good point. Very good point, Eric. Yeah, Spruce. Yeah, I I love this movie. Oh, first of all, I'm a sucker for stop motion. I mean, I think the first, I mean, I loved Ray Harryhausen when I was a kid. I think probably the first film person I knew the name of was probably Ray Harryhausen, you know, as a child. So I'm, I'm a sucker all the way from that. But on, and, and by the way, we didn't mention Robert Morgan is a stop motion animator. That's the genesis of this director. This director's other work is almost fully stop motion to the point. I watched one. Um, it's about a 25 minute one. That's considered one of the grossest bizarre stop motions ever made uh, called Bobby. Yeah. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, which is kind of like his own weird version of Eraserhead in some ways. He also did another stop motion thing called Belial's dream. And if you know who Belial is, Belial is the, the twisted brother in the basket and basket case. So, this guy's got a history of, of animation first. Anyway, yeah, I love this movie. I think this movie um, does really interesting things. And like, kind of like Eric said, some stuff you've seen before, but you've never seen it quite like this. Like, I've never seen stop motion incorporated and insinuated into the story quite like this. And I think one thing that's really genius about the story and why it really works for me is when a little girl comes in and tries to kind of like influence her artistic vision, it sets up a core structure that helps tie you to the story and not let it be fully afloat in surrealism because the little girl starts telling her a story one night, two nights, three nights. The structure is her story she's going to tell and she wants the woman to animate is in three parts, but she won't tell her each part until it comes time for that to happen. And each part includes a sort of escalation. And by building that structure into here, I think for the audience, it gives you a little bit of grounding and it also gives an automatic tension to the narrative flow of this movie. So I think that's really, really great. And then on top of that, there's, if you're, if you're creeped out by kind of creepy, I don't know, sober, like, like tool <laughs> stop motion animation kind of stuff, this is going to be way nope, nope material for you. And also I think there's stuff in here. There's some really simple violence that is very hard to watch. Just simple wound violence that I'm not going to leave it at that, you know, that's really tough. I was surprised at how tough it was. Even though it is a horror thriller, you were expecting some, yeah. it go, it really does go there. And yeah. yeah. I think this is going to work for people that, and this is going to be some touchstones, I'll say. It doesn't like any of these, but I think if these movies kind of work for you, I think this is going to be the same kind of pantheon. Like the movie May, if you've ever seen that movie, the movie Repulsion. I think it has some things going on with Repulsion. Uh, I think it has a little bit of peeping Tom, a little bit of that's in there too. Uh, and the word, ar <laughs> yes, <laughs> the word armature, armature. Yeah. I never thought the armature. word armature would be especially creepy. And I'll point out one other thing, the sound design in this movie, there's a sound that the armature makes that's used in very unique ways later in the movies, the movie. And I'm assuming you guys all caught that. No, I did not catch that. Wow. But. You know how when you use armatures, they have kind of a squeaky kind of a little because you're moving yeah. like this metal thing. There are non-stop motion things being moved in the second half of this movie that make that sound. I, I got something kind of similar to that in that the uh, sound design was distracting for me early on. And then I picked up like when they started, show, started showing the stop motion stuff, you notice like this, the sound design's heightened because yes. they're animated. They're not making noise. So you got to create the noise. And then then it goes back to like the live action stuff and then the sound design keeps doing the same thing it's almost as if like the sound design is mimicking 
animation sound design even during the live action parts yeah like like it, it everything's kind of heightened it was really distracting at first but then kind of as it went on i'm like oh okay I see what they're doing there whether i don't know if they meant for that they had almost had to have because it was almost too obvious that that's what they were doing yeah well you mentioned repulsion and Catherine Deneuve. she's so good in that movie and it's one of the, these things where we can't overstate the point ashley franchosi is fantastic in this film a lesser actor wouldn't this needs a very strong actor and she's fantastic in the film so enough said on that. Yeah. So ratings on stop motion, Eric. I'll probably go four and a half on this. I mm. think if they could have got to it quicker, um, probably would have been a five star. But I mean, hey, four and four and a half still good. That's so very excellent. I'm gonna just copy you, Eric Holmes, and I'm gonna say four and a half stars for me. Just loved every second of this movie. Bruce mentioned the sound design as well, and it's just one of these things. When you mention armature, that's just one of the many elements that I think on my first view of this movie i did not catch so just think i think maybe even on the second watch this might be even a deeper experience what about you bruce real, real quick bruce uh mentioned it earlier but i do want to point out the the tool video aesthetic to the stop motion parts and i really 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 want to watch this director do like a full like mad god full feature all stop motion i would say go back and watch bobby yeah because that's like 25 minutes long and you'll see what he can do and you'll yeah. be like oh wow well <laughs> what is, i'm saying what i'm tame, saying is like i want the full, I, I, I want the full meal like the full yeah. two hour two and a half hour like i, I yep. I'll, three hour I'll, I'll watch a three hour movie of this <laughs> yeah i'm i'm five stars on this easily easily the best horror movie of the movie of the year so far to me so we'll see we'll see how it holds up by the end of the year but i'd be surprised if this doesn't make it to my top 10 at least of the year wow this is if you had any time this would be one of those eager rewatches for you bruce i'm assuming so yeah like this is one so. i want to dive into and really like look at all the little things that are happening in here because i know they're there okay very very cool Next up is a movie that Eric and I did called Bring Him to Me and Barry Pepper, who we talked about earlier from Battlefield Earth and Saving Private Ryan. So many wonderful films. He plays a, just this guy. Don't have to look up the name on IMDb. He's known as a driver. He's a driver. There's a passenger. The passenger is played by Jamie Costa. He of dead on Robin Williams and impression fame. <laughs> Jamie Costa is a very talented when he i mean you gotta i don't even know, know if i can find that youtube when he did Mork from orc robin williams he's so good in that anyways jamie costa very good in this movie as a passenger of the driver the, the driver and the passenger they did a sort of heist regarding sam neill's character they earlier on they a lot they went on the heist with the driver the passenger and someone else that mission sort of went south okay even though they were they absconded with the treasures it did sort of go south, and now the driver is tasked with driving the passenger to the actual meet point of the crime boss, played by Rachel Griffiths. And we're assuming the crime boss is really pissed off at the passenger, possibly, and she may actually, who knows what she will do to the passenger. He may be being driven by the driver to a very fateful final moment for him. So the movie covers what happens between after the heist and then the, the following day with a drive to the final to the crime boss. A lot of things happen in during that drive, and it's very interesting. Eric, your thoughts on Bring Him to Me. Again, it's almost a two-hander with Barry Pepper and Jimmy Costa. A lot of it is with them in the car talking or just getting to know each other. But Sam Neill is also a big part of this movie. He has a really interesting role as well. Eric. Yeah, this was a pretty pretty good straightforward thriller. Um, 
It's weird to say thriller because they, they are in the car pretty much, not the whole time, but most of the time. Yeah, Barry Pepper is basically driving Jamie Costa to his doom. And Jamie Costa is just like, oh, just another job. That's cool. Oh, I'll call. <laughs> got to call my uh, got to call my wife, blah, blah, blah. Talk to whatever. Meanwhile, Barry Pepper knows what's up. And he's like, get the phone on here. But, like straighten up. But like he can't tell him to stay serious. He can't tell him the reason why he needs to stay serious because that would say um, I'm driving you to be murdered. So uh, you might want to you know, take it down. But uh, that that kind of dynamics real fun. Um, I, I like how they did the uh, the flashbacks because uh, they start off kind of like, you know, the Jamie Costa's hair. He's got kind of that mohawk. So even though their face is covered, it pretty much telegraphs that he's behind it. And then the next flashback, you see him. And then, OK, and as as that goes on, you kind of uh, realize why Jamie Costa is being led to where he's being led to. And then uh, where it ends up is. uh Really fun, excited. Well, fun. It, it's really exciting and uh, pays off pretty satisfyingly. There are certain things that happen that I was not expecting to happen. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, like like Eric said, straight straightforward thriller. And what's interesting, it's an indie thriller made within fifteen or sixteen days for a limited budget. And for the limited budget, it's a good looking movie, well acted, and Barry Pepper and Jamie Costa they make up for a pretty good pair. You're actually invested in what's going on and you're pulling for the passenger to make it by the time the movie wraps up. And it goes some really interesting places. Eric and I will be talking about the ending and our thoughts and our vote, whether we thought the ending worked or not for our spoilers. But as far as the movie goes itself, Sam, great, always great to see Sam Neill in this movie. This time he plays a guy named Frank, who's a, even though he's being held up by these crooks, he gets pretty tough, and it's a very other what. There's someone that shows up at the end. Is that a spoiler? Because you hear the voice, but is it a spoiler to say that they're in the movie? Oh, what voice? What do you think? A uh, voice on the phone. A voice on the phone. Yeah, there's a voice on. Who's a, who's a voice? The on the Bar- phone? That Barry Pepper's talking to. Let me talk to so and so, but they're not here. And then eventually he talks to him, and then they show up at the end. Uh, they're listed on the credits. I just don't know if it's a spoiler to even say that no. they're in the movie. Who's the boy? I, I, I uh, completely. Uh, Rachel Griffiths. Oh, Rachel Griffiths. Yeah, she the yeah, yeah the oh, okay. So yeah, I, I I didn't know that, but either way, I I liked her character. She shows up like it, like you hear her voice throughout, and then she shows well, you... up then. But I didn't know if that was a spoiler, even mentioning that she was in it or not. Oh yeah, no, I mentioned that she's a, she plays a crime boss. Oh she okay, crime boss. Right. Yeah, she, yeah, no, that's not a spoiler. She's... I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, she's she's the crime boss. Rachel Griffiths plays a crime boss uh, Veronica and she's a very mean person and you get to see her in the third act of the film anyways final thoughts on the movie Eric and then your rating for bring him to me uh yeah this was uh this was a really cool thriller I dug this one a lot um you know not not a bunch of flash and extras and just kind of gets right to the point and stays in this lane and I'm a fan of obviously I'm a fan of Barry Pepper but I'm also a fan of uh Jamie Costa and um I really want to see him in more stuff because the only stuff I know him from is the he did that Robin Williams kind of short on YouTube. He's done like a Han Solo short on YouTube. I've seen him on like the Schmoes No and like the the Schmo Down stuff. Uh, he would pop in in there, but this was like the first movie movie I've seen him in, and I'd like to see him in more because he's really good. He's a natural. He's good in this movie. He was a biggest surprise. He's one of the you know sometimes you have the movie where you have the funny guy, but the funny guy is usually annoying people. Yeah, he can be that person, but not annoying. Like yeah. he can actually be like an earnest kind of, uh, just kind of every man, where you know, 
comedic uh, comedy relief without being like, oh, God, this guy again. Yeah, he was good. Very good in the movie. And Barry Pepper is always good. So bring him to me. My rating is four stars. What about you, Eric? I think I might be the same. Four stars. Okay. Four stars for me and Eric. Bring him to me in theaters and on demand February 23rd. Again, starring Barry Pepper, Jimmy Costa, Rachel Griffiths, and Sam Neill. And before we get to the last film, Eric, Ordinary Angels. Bruce Perky, how dare you not watch this movie? This Hillary Swank film. It's a faith-based film. But I'm going to say it's a faith-based film, but there's Is not Is it a faith-based film? <laughs> Kind of. But they don't have... Hillary Swank is doing those now? <laughs> Look, it, it's a little bit into it. There's some praying stuff there and having faith and not losing your faith. But it's not to the point where I'm Catholic. I'm okay with it. But I think if you're not non-denominational, you're not even Christian. And it's, I, I think it does, it does it in a subtle subtle enough fashion. It's not the entire movie. This movie is actually a true story. It's inspired by the true story of a hairdresser, okay, played by Hillary Swank. Sharon Stevens, Sharon Stevens, at least in the movie, she's an alcoholic. She was sort of a, back in the day, she's sort of a deadbeat mother. And she's trying to find some direction in her life. And then she comes across the this, this story of a widowed father of two kids, his youngest kids. One of his youngest kids really needs a, uh, a transplant. His young daughter needs a transplant. And not only that, they are pretty much underwater financially. They owe a lot of money in medical bills. And the, the father, played by Alan Richson, and you might, you guys, you might know him from the TV series Reacher. I love that series. And he's a different character in this one. He's, he's not Reacher. He's just a, he, he's a really nice dad. He's, he's really not fun. Reacher. He's Preacher. He's not, yeah, he's not Reacher. He's Preacher. <laughs> he's, a, he's not a sort of, there is a Preacher in this movie, by the way, but he is a, he is his name, he's just a normal guy named Ed trying to, trying to make ends meet, but he's always underwater because he's, I don't know. It's, medical bills medical bills his just, daughter's dying the, yeah the mortgage is he's, he, so many bills hundreds upon hundreds of thousands several hundred thousand dollars worth in debt and Sharon Stevens again played by Hillary Swank like a whirlwind she just comes into their lives and changes it just through moxie and hard work and yeah interesting oh Nancy Travis by the way we love Nancy Travis she plays the the grandma of the the Schmidt clan. So that is Ordinary Angels. I I enjoyed this movie simply because of Hillary Swank's character. And I will I will watch any movie that says Hillary Swank come up that comes across my desk or a screener link, or I will watch any Hillary Swank movie, period. And she, in my opinion, she's the best part of this movie. One of the co-writers of this film is Meg Tilly. I didn't know Meg Tilly's a screenwriter. I think she was a writer. I, I think she's a novelist or maybe a children's book writer i could be wrong but she's a writer now bruce and i know meg tilly from way back in the day in the 80s when we we share we used to watch our share of meg tilly films i'm sure you agree with me on that bruce but anyways ordinary angels fun enough movie very inspiring and solid drama it's one of these things where it's a if you want if you are looking for a family drama in the theaters bring your kids bring the family this is Worth a watch, and Hilary Swank's good in it. Alan Richardson is fine as well. My only slight complaint is the third act when it gets to sort of race against time stuff. I, there was very little Hilary Swank in the sort of towards the third act, understandably so because it's a race against time. But I wasn't really too into the third act as much as I was when 
you know, whenever Hilary Swank was not on the screen, I liked the movie a little bit less. My overall rating for Ordinary Angels is three stars. What's your full review, Eric? Let's go for it. Um, So this one, I didn't know this was a faith-based movie until the title started coming up. I'm like, Good. oh no, what what did I get myself into? But uh, it, it's weird that this is a faith-based movie because essentially the plot of the movie is community and family coming together to save a little girl despite god's best efforts to murder her <laughs> that's a that's a good point she, she's got she's got the she's got the cancer she's got to get the this uh, uh but well i forget what was it like transplant uh, some kind of transplant yeah she's got to get like uh yeah some sort of transplant and uh like just everything and alan richens richens trying to get things figured out and hillary swing comes in and helps and somehow she's able to aaron brockovich her way through everything that's true good um, point but yeah and the fact that this is a faith-based movie is like like god's the villain here like clearly no no it's the god's secret plan you don't understand that's the you know they say god works in mysterious ways he's working in a mysterious way <laughs> He's mysteriously causing the problem. Yeah, see, he brought them all together. <laughs> see, you just torture a child to bring all the other people together. But uh, uh, yeah. so and so pretty quickly, the whole like it. it I thought they were going to have like a scene at the end where they're like, "Oh, thank, uh, thank God and Jesus, everything worked out." And then, I mean, it ends kind of at a church, but like that, not really. So the, this wasn't the faith-based movie that I was expecting it to be. The one where it's a bunch of uh, straw man arguments and upon straw man arguments and like uh just like unearned kind of uh uh emotional scenes uh this one kind of worked for the most part you know it's kind of uh i mean i mentioned aaron brockovich is kind of similar to that you know watching hillary swank kind of do her swankiness and going around uh making everything (laughs) getting everything together not that kind of swankiness but uh, kind of putting everything together. This was kind of uh, one of those that uh, I saw the, you know, I saw the opening titles and I was like, oh no. But as the movie went on, I was like, no, this is not a bad, this is not a bad cheeseburger of a, of a family movie. I, I kind of dug it. What's your rating? Uh, probably go three stars as well on this. Okay. Three stars for me, yeah. Eric, for Ordinary Angels. Our final featured for this week is Io Capitano. Io Capitano. Io Capitano. Io Capitano. And it centers on two teens, two Senegal teens living in Dakar. And their names are Seydu and Moussa. And they're best friends. They live in Senegal. Everything. It starts off with, you see the culture, you see the neighborhood, the environment. They have, at least Seydu comes from a loving family. They're cousins. They're, not, they're, best, they're best friends, but they're also cousins. But they've been saving for six months secretly savings for six months to leave Dakar and actually go just across the ocean to to Italy. They believe that they can get, maybe gain some riches or actually just make some money to bring, to send money back home. Simple plan, right? That's where it helps support the family. Problem is that journey from Dakar to Italy is a treacherous one to say the least. The rest of the movie Il Capitano directed by Matteo Garone and he's also a co-writer it just really written by well it's which one written by written by yeah oh no, oh, yeah. Did, written... no. did you see the the list of pe- the writers on this oh no oh, in, there, there's by... like seven or eight writers on this oh my gosh you're right there are well there's it says here collaborating writers so there's yeah actually three other written buys and then collaborating writers 
which is interesting. There's about six or seven more collaborating writers. So yeah. to Eric's point, there's about, yeah, seven or eight Be writers. Be curious what that's all about. I think yeah. I know. Oh, you know? Okay. Well, you... I, well, I think, because I saw an interview with uh, Mateo, and he talked about how this movie is not a true story, but there's a lot, a lot of the events in here are true stories from different people. So a lot of the things you see are like pieces of this movie are true stories. So I'm guessing the contributing writers are the different people who told their stories and became incorporated as this full single story. That okay. actually makes sense. Okay. That makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. Io Capitano and a couple of reasons why to see this movie. Amazing, amazing performance by Seydou Sar as Seydou the lead in this movie and his cousin, Musa, Mustafa Fall, also a good performance. They work, they have a great chemistry. You are very invested in their friendship and you're pulling for them to actually travel through it to Italy. Second big reason to check out this movie is even though it's nominated for international, uh, international film Oscar nomination, so that's good. Might want to see it for that. But if you're, look, if you're thinking it might be one of these movies that are too esoteric for you, Think again. This movie is also an, an epic adventure. Uh, there's a whole sequence in the Sahara Desert, which is you won't forget. Okay, And there's some surreal moments in this as well. There are other locations that they travel. It is, yeah, when I say epic, it's very underrated when I say that. There's just so many things that happen in this movie, good and bad. It is on a just a cinematic level, worth watching on the big screen because of its epic grand adventure. And it's mixed in with this social dynamic as well, as you learn about the culture and about the migration, the, tro the, the troubles of migration from one area to the next. So even though it's not based on a true story, it's inspired by, by events, by real events as well. So that's Io Capitano. Bruce, take it away. I adore this movie. I love this movie so much. Uh, a few things that kind of struck me. I mean, you described it pretty well. First of all, when I started watching this movie, I immediately got out the map, like where's Senegal, you know, and you're like, okay, it's on the West coast of Africa. And then I saw where they're trying to get to, which is across the Mediterranean. So basically they're going to go way inland and then way up and through the Sahara desert and all these things. Right. So that was the first thing, like just what the heck is the journey going to be? Second thing was uh, they're not leaving like a terrible life. Sure. It may look like a lot lower, and not the kind of Western world we're living in, but they're surrounded by loving people. They seem to be living a life that's pretty good. These are starry-eyed teenage kids. And everyone in, at their home they says, don't do this. That's a terrible idea. But they're just enthusiastic. And that's a very interesting, I thought, approach. As opposed to like, a lot of times we get these where it's like, the homeland is so terrible that the only way to survive, the only only chance you have is to get out. So it's a different dynamic, I think. And what I was struck by throughout this whole movie is that like every step of the way, my anxiety just kept growing because they're so, they're so hopeful and naive. And at every turn, someone's offering them some, something. It's almost like <laughs> if you get the random like spam emails and the first one you get, it's like, yeah, sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's kind of like they're doing that. And their lives are on the line when they're doing that every single time. And they have no idea what they're getting into. And we have no idea exactly what they're getting into. And each step of the way, it just keeps getting worse in some ways. But also, I also want to, the last thing I want to point out is the overall tone of this is not dour, though. There are very tense moments. There are definitely dour moments. 
but there is a lot of hope in this too. So it has a really interesting mix, I think, of emotions as well. And when it gets to the final act, which I do not want to say anything about, and I would say don't watch any trailer for this because I think the trailer shows him things. The final act, when the final thing that he's going to have to do comes into play, I was like, holy, holy moly. And it's the stakes are so great and so high and so... I just love this character so much and his performance so much. I think this is a all timer uh, for just adventurous kind of immigrant stories. I know there's a lot of great international movies this year, and I know that it's probably going to be zone of interest, which I have not seen. Anatomy of a Fall I, is the best picture, but... I'm going to root for this movie. I'm going to root it, for this movie. It's so good. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I love... I mean, Anatomy of Fall is in best picture category, right? Yeah, I think and, so. And yeah. Anatomy of Fall is a five-star film for me, but this... I This was like two different movies. The first time I saw The Wages of Fear and what they go through <laughs> on that adventure, you yeah. know, that that blew me away. This movie, yes. obviously, this blew me away on that level. Let's say so. there's so many moments, but let's say the first moment when there's a whole bunch of people, I'm not going to say even say what happens. There's a whole bunch of people riding on the back of a truck and something happens. Oh yeah. my gosh. And from that moment, I was like, oh boy, we're not in Kansas anymore. This is oh. <laughs> what's going to happen. The weird thing is before the thing happened. Yeah. I, I saw that coming. I'm like, that, that's going to happen. And there it is. Yep. Yep. But still, the way things go down, and it was yeah. just like, oh, my God. Anyway, there, Eric, <laughs> I'll stop talking. There is also a section in this movie. I think, I, I don't know what the actual running time is. It's easily over, I think, over two hours. It not has too to... much over, though. It's like it's like 2.10 or something like that. It's This is not a three-hour movie. Think, I thought it was like just under, like like an hour 40, you might be right. an hour it's 50. Around, let's just say it's around two hours. This is the, not a three-hour movie. The thing is, though, that this, this is like a... Like all the different kind of, I don't want to say scenes, but it feels like chapters. Yes. Like each chapter feels like it could be its own movie. So I think like this is one of those movies that seems longer than it is, not because it's boring or not because you're checking your watch, but because it's so epic in scope, just watching them go through, basically just go through hell. And yeah, it's it's somehow hopeful as, as they uh, as they go through it. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Sidhu and uh, Musa's relationship. Friendship between Sidhu and Musa is palpable and got me teary-eyed. And yeah, I got a uh, heavy Sinombre vibes throughout most of this, which is weird because Sinombre seems a lot darker than the, well, that's actually they're both dark and like even even Rebel. Um, maybe mostly due to the the desert setting, but um, yeah, the rebel, uh, you know, with the with the two brothers, like that whole dynamic. Uh, this has a lot in common common with a bunch of movies that are fantastic. And is this this one's another fantastic movie? I know, totally different movie, but is this movie on the level of Rebel for you guys? Um, no, but I can't say why. Okay, Bruce, what do you think? <laughs> I'll, Almost... I'll tell you why after we're done recording. I, it's a little bit of apples and oranges, I think. So mm. I, I'd say yes, but they, they work in different ways. So I would say, depending on what day you hit me, I might like one more than the other. Because if this movie hits me in a different way. so Yeah. Yeah. The, when you mentioned that rating five-star classic, I'm going to apply that to Eo Capitano. Final moments of like Eo Capitano. Pretty, Eric has mentioned my getting teary-eyed. You're, stay till the end. You're, I think if you are not teary eyed or actually roused to some kind of emotion, you're not, you're not a human being. You might be one of those stop motion creatures from stop motion, but no, this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, 
oh, two hours and two minutes for me, Io Capitano, an easy five star classic for me. Eric, your final thoughts and rating. I, I, uh, this, well, first of all, this is a five star movie. Uh, second of all, with the ending, did you feel that something was going to happen, like maybe a moment after this, the credits started rolling? I think, yeah, I think one of those, that's a great question. I, I think it's going to be up Cause to it, the... Because it ends a certain way, but I figure right. like if it just went on for like 30 seconds longer, we would have saw something else. I think the ending is the ending after the ending is in the eye of the the viewer. So yeah. the viewer can actually make... So if you're seeing it from one way, you're gonna say this is this happened. Yeah. Seeing so I, I saw it in another way. I mean, but yeah. see, like what I'm getting at is that there's a certain kind of we 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 can't talk about I, this. Yeah, yeah, we can't we can't do that because that's spoiler the, the, the ending's really good. The, yeah, the but I, at the same time, I could see someone get to that ending and not yes. like it again. It'll be probably left or right. It'll be left or right, and if they. I don't know if it's a good thing that they didn't fill out, Eric, that final couple of frames or that final 20 seconds or 30 seconds. I, I think it worked, but I think it's a little bit more open-ended because you and I have totally – what? Hey, can we do a can we do a quick spoiler when we're done on, on this? Because I, I really, really, really want to talk about that. It's it's subtle, but I think it's worth talking about. Bruce, I know you're you're uh, you're on the fly. I think I'll I can I'll talk with Eric about the the ending of Yo Capitano after we're done reviewing. I mean, after we're done with the podcast, Bruce, your 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 rating. Oh yeah, five stars. Easy. Five stars. Easy. Five stars. Easy. Five stars. Five star classic for me. Five stars for Bruce and five stars for Eric. I think this is. How is this year? This we haven't even started this year. The what? Mayhem. Yeah, it's, it's halfway through February. The Promised Land, Mayhem, Io Capitano, Stop Motion, and I bet we're leaving at least a couple more movies out, right? Oh, we're leaving a bunch more. I, uh, yeah, I, I came. But I mean, I mean, that's that's already some great solid movies. I think that people forget this is a great time of year because of all the stuff that was international or only in the the uh, film festival circuit gets dropped in these first two months. So there's tons of great stuff that not really anyone in America has seen except for the few that have been to the festivals. So we're getting them now. If you aren't going to the theaters or if you're going looking for these odd movies or for the, the streaming uh, choices that are coming out for, you know, on demand, there's a ton of great stuff. You just have to look for it. Right. And, and here's the thing. It, look, stop motion. It's only going to be in theaters on Friday. It'll eventually be on streaming very soon. Sure. If you want that, like you said, repulsion, if you want that Roman Polanski, paranoid, crazy, oh my gosh, what's going to happen vibes, this is worth watching the theaters. And if you want that epic movie that all all of us love, oh my gosh, I don't know where you guys saw it, Eric, maybe a TV, Bruce, where I, I saw it on my iPad. And it's great that we got to see the movie, but I can't imagine how beautiful this movie would look on the big screen. Oh, yeah. So for sure. It's just amazing. So, okay, that's it. That's our featured films. There's another movie called She is Conan. Eric, I kicked it to another week because next week She is Conan, Eric and Bruce, and I am going to jump on this. It's shot on 35 millimeter, by the way, and I'm going to review it with Eric and Bruce. That weekend is the weekend it comes out in LA, I believe Manitoba, and as well as in Nashville. So it has it. She is Conan has a really nice rollout date. Right. Anything, any teaser for next week's? Uh, for she's going I will say uh, I, I don't know how those rollouts work, but um, just go watch it if you want. Well, in fact, uh, the the director has uh, Wild Boys and After Blue. Check out those, either one of them, 
And if that seems like your kind of flavor, more of that was she is Conan. And, yeah, and let's just <laughs> say sure. this: Eric Holmes is a huge fan of Bertrand Mandico's films, and we're gonna get we're gonna dive deep into she is Conan next week, and that should be interesting. There's gonna be a box movie for what is the box movie next week, Bruce? Uh, are we doing the box movie next week? Because next week we're doing our uh... Patreon. Patreon. Oh, Prince of the City. How did you get that so Prince of the City? It gets, it's getting kicked off one more week. It's a three-hour movie. You... I don't want to try to Very squeeze good. it in. Well, we'll get it. We'll get it the week after. Okay. Okay, Bruce, are you telling me we got a three? You can't do you can't do a three-hour blood and blood. I'm going to squeeze in my other three or four movies in a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Prince of the City will be in two weeks from now. By the way, that movie is suggested by Mark Ponting. And also, we have a couple of box picks that Bruce will have to add to the box that includes... Bring him to me, director Luke Spark. He suggested the Hulu film Palm Springs. And then Barry Pepper bring, from Bring Him to Me suggested that Akira Kurosawa film Dursu Uzala. Thank you, Eric, for collecting those for Bruce Perky. I was thinking, I was telling Bruce that you and I do a bad job. But whenever, we, whenever we do it, we'll we'll put those box picks so Bruce can actually add it to his Google Docs. You know, that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we, we should probably do that. I, yeah, and that's my fault too. I just, yeah, we should definitely, definitely do that. We have a couple of recommendations. Bruce, do you want to do a recommendation before we go or you want to save yeah, it for next week? Yeah. Okay. We can we can do these fast. Yes, do these fast. Before you get, before we get to you, Bruce, and your three lightning round recommendations, let's get into a lightning round recommendation from Eric Holmes. He has a five-star banger in the midst. Weave that web, Eric Holmes. What do you got? Uh, it's not. It's not five star banger. It's Madam Web. Um, it, it's 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 fine. Um, How much I, money I, did you pay? Did you did you sneak in? Did you sneak into? No, the I didn't. No, I didn't sneak in. Did you make? Paid. Are you are you rich? Did you did you actually pay harder? What full fare? Did you pay full fare for this? Well, so we have a we have a theater here that used to be the dollar movies. Uh, but then when COVID happened, um, they started getting like the 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 new movies, and they kind of just kept doing that after COVID. So you can go to you can go there and watch like a matinee for like three five bucks something like that. Okay. So that seemed like a good spot to do it. Uh, Madam Web was kind of silly. Um, th- this is a weird thing. I I heard a bunch of people crapping on it, and I thought because like I love Iron Man three, everyone hates it. Uh, what, what's another Batman Robins best Batman movie? But everyone hates that for some reason. Um. Uh, what, why is, what, why is what, Batman and Robin the best movie out of all the Batmans, including the it's, a, it's just a kind of a, a, a take on the the Adam West Batman series. It, it's silly, it's stupid, and funny. And I, I think people are like, "I want the dark, gritty Batman." I'm like, "You didn't watch the, <laughs> you didn't watch Batman or Batman Returns because those are pretty silly too." But um, I, so I figured that like with as many people that didn't like Madam Web, oh, and then like people love Endgame, hate that. Uh, people love the hell out of the the Spider Verse movies. You know, the, I don't hate those, but they're fine. Um, but I figured that like with everyone that hated Madam Web, maybe this is the one that like oh everyone hates it. Cool, I'm gonna check it out because I'll probably this might be one I like. Uh, the Marvels I like, uh, Eternals I like. People hated those, so I figured it would be the same for this. Not quite. It's okay. It's, yeah, it's pretty not good. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, what I, makes it not good? Just the script is horrible. Just, and, you know, no, it's just it's just kind of boring. It's just sort of nothing really happens. And the stuff that does have, like you know, it's got a couple superhero things, I guess, that happen. But 
for the most part, it's just nothing happens and then more time goes and then nothing else happens and then something happens, but it's stupid. And then something like that. I don't know. It's just, I would say the movies, this is not the worst movie I've ever seen, but uh, definitely not the worst movie I've ever seen. But like, I think the bad reviews are pretty warranted on this one. What is your rating on Madame, Madame Webb? Uh, probably like uh, probably like two stars. Two stars um, on. Yeah, I, I I stayed awake through it. You know that that's good. Um, and real quick, I'm not going to get into any of this because it's a short. But uh, Mark Bernardin on Fat Man Beyond does a podcast with Kevin Smith. He did a short called Splinter, and it is available on YouTube. It's like 15 minutes, so no sense in me even explaining it. But if you know who Mark Bernardin is, maybe you already watched it. Uh, but it's a uh, 15 minute short. Just check it out. It's, it's uh pretty good. Okay, before we get to okay, cool. Before we get to Bruce, Madame Webb, Madame Webb, I like to call it Madame Webb instead of Madame Webb. It's a family. Just a little show. bit of which one? Eric? <laughs> it's a family show. Madame <laughs> Webb. <laughs> right, exactly right. <laughs> so, Eric, very quickly, I forgot the name of the movie that you interviewed. I was going to say, what is that guy's name? The guy, oh, I'm blanking on it. Alex Pettifer. Remember that Alex Pettifer and Guy Pierce film? I forgot the name. I'm sure you forgot the name too. But there was a movie that we did. Okay, so when you interviewed Alex Pettifer, you asked him, what's a movie that you want to put in the box? Oh, Bruce, I forgot. This is another movie to put in the box. And he mentioned this movie called Un Prophet. Now, the lead actor for Un Prophet, Eric, is this Sunrise. Act- uh, sorry, Sunrise was the name of the movie. Very good. Thank you, Eric, for Sunrise. So when you interviewed Sunrise actor Alex Pettifer, you asked him to put a movie in the box. And he said this movie called Un Prophet. The lead actor from Un Prophet is this actor named Tahar Rahim. Tahar Rahim in Madame or Madame Web plays Ezekiel Sims. He is the bad guy in the movie. Just little trivia for that. So we are several weeks out on telling you, Bruce, Un Prophet is another movie to add on the box. I think Bruce. I already saw Un Prophet. Oh, you've already seen that that I'm movie? I'm sure I did. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on here too. Unless I'm oh, thinking yeah, of a you, different you know one. what? You did several years back. Very good, yeah, Bruce. That's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Lightning Round. Let's see. Let's yes, hear Lightning Round. Know. Okay. Uh, first up, HBO, I believe it's on HBO. If I'm wrong, sorry. Uh, from 2022, the, the documentary Navalny about the Russian dissident uh, going against Putin documentary uh he just got murdered this week uh oh maybe he didn't get murdered quote but we know he got murdered by right. putin basically suicided um, they call it suicided yeah d- directed by daniel roy royer if you haven't seen this movie uh what makes it special for a documentary first of all they have access total access it takes place it basically starts out right as he's about to fly back to russia knowing he's probably going to get arrested which of course he does uh and then it spends most of the movie talking about how they attempted to assassinate him by poisoning him. And the movie becomes almost more of a mystery solving documentary than anything else, where essentially they are trying to figure out who, well, they know who, but they're trying to figure out how and exactly who was involved in poisoning him and how they pulled it off. And there are some revelations in this movie that are jaw-dropping so as a mystery it's amazing and as a um kind of a uh journalist documentary it's amazing and then just to see this person and and the documentarians were smart enough to start the movie with the question if he succeeds if they succeed in killing you what do you want to tell the people who are following you now and then the movie ends with him answering that question and watching it now is just 
chilling. It's it's well worth a watch and it will put you right in the mindset of understanding what is going on over there. Uh, a little more than maybe you did before. Very cool. Uh, also on Netflix, I believe it's on Netflix. Wait, sorry, from, four stars, Bruce, on that? Uh, I'm a five stars on this. It's five a five star okay. documentary. Just because of how it has aged, I think it's gone up even more. Thanksgiving by Eli Roth is now streaming. You can watch it, I believe, on Netflix, if I remember correctly. Uh, I could be wrong. Look it up. You can figure it out. Um, once again, I'm not going to go into detail on this. It's been a long time since we've had a very solid slasher movie that is a pure old school slasher movie. Good kills, dumb characters, silly sometimes, fun sometimes, gory sometimes. If you like slasher movies, it's a great movie. I'm not a huge slasher fan, but I still enjoyed it. Probably my favorite Eli Roth movie, or at least right up there. I wish it had a little more. There's a couple great scenes. There's a scene in a Black Friday like stampede. And you saw this too, right, Eric? I think yeah. I remember you saw oh, this. Yeah. And there's a great scene at a, uh, at a uh, Thanksgiving parade i think if it had a little more of that energy throughout i'd even like it more but i'm for me this is three and a half stars this is this is a easy you're hanging out around with friends and you want to watch a silly horror movie but you want to have it be a little better than just crap this is where you go because this is a lot of fun Very speed cool. round last but not least rye lane this was one i hopped on in just the last two days because anderson and brian on the film fault could not go on enough about this movie they just watched it last week i believe it's on hulu um it was from 2023, directed by Rain, Rain Allen Miller, or Rain Allen Miller. This is a great rom-com that kind of gets out of the mold. And I think for people who don't love rom-coms, want to see something that's actually kind of sparkles and is in that realm, this is a great way to go. This basically takes place at an art gallery opening. And Dom, our main character, is has been broken up with, and he's still not over it, and he's crying in the bathroom. And it's a all use bathrooms. Women and men can be in the bathroom. And he's crying and sobbing. And the woman, Yaz, sees his feet under the stall. He has like pink converses. <laughs> so she talks to him through the stall, but doesn't actually meet him. But then out in the, when they're out in the actual um, art showing, she sees the shoes again. And then she sees him and they meet. And then probably 90% of this movie is the long extended one day sort of date hangout that the two of them have um totally charming they meet a whole variety of characters including his ex and their parents and other friends it's just two great characters great comedy and a very very bright active semi teetering on surrealist kind of um energy this movie has where there'll be things like they're walking along the street doing stuff and the background characters kind of almost chime in or comment on it in a weird way. It's not as quirky as a Wes Anderson. It's much more grounded than that, so I don't want to worry you if you're thinking Wes Anderson. This is just vibrant, fun, and and totally a good watch. I go okay. like four stars in this. Okay, four stars. All right, cool. That is the lightning round. Thank you, Bruce, for... I don't know, that, that adds like three movies that you've... You've seen like eight movies, I think, the last week. That's, that's a lot. Like that. that is a lot. And I'm looking at two stars from Eric on Madam Webb. My gosh. <laughs> I mean, that was I, like watching eight movies. I that still is... want to watch Madam Webb after all that I've heard about it. <laughs> it's, the, the thing is, it's not like, a, like granted, you know, like we talked about Battlefield Earth. Like Battlefield Earth is bad, but it's fun. You know, right. it's silly. It's fun. Madam Webb's like bad, but it's also kind of boring through most of it 
Mm, that is very, very tough. I, I don't think I'm going to... We'll see. So I guess it's not that's not going to be one of your favorite superhero movies from this year, Eric. I would say uh, with Madam Web, wait till like scenes show up on YouTube and then look up the opening scene in the jungle. That's kind of cool. That's it. Yeah, Probably. that's it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> All right. That's it. All right, folks, before we go, anything you want to say before we get out of here, Eric? And then you and I do a little spoiler. Uh, yeah, check out check out Splinter. Um, Mark Mark Bernardin's short uh, 15 minutes. Really good. Um yeah, I, I can't really talk about it because if I explain it, it's the short, you know, okay. it, it, it's hard. It's hard breaking it down without just saying everything that happens in it. If you want to check out some cinematics and find your film merch, go to findyourfilmpodcast.com. Check out some extra entertainment news over at our website, findyourfilms.com. Cinematics for our YouTube channel. There's a lot of different stuff. I'll put it up on the show notes. Final thoughts, Bruce Berkey. I would say um, you have great choices this week. If you're stuck trying to decide between stop motion and Yo Capitano, as much as I love stop motion, I think you have to see Yo Capitano in the theater. Honestly, I say go watch both, but you got to see Yo Capitano if you have to make a choice. Yo Capitano, Bruce, Yo Capitano, Eric. Captain, my captain. Love it. We'll see you guys next week. And of course, here's Claire. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining Cinematic.